anymore. My problems had me bound. Depression weighed me down. God held me close so I wouldn't let go. God's mercy kept me so I wouldn't let go. Now you sing it with me.
Amen. All praise unto the Lamb. That's what we're here for tonight. I don't know if you left blessed this morning, if you was here this morning, but we had a wonderful service, a powerful service this morning. I left blessed, I left on fire, and it was the praise that brought in his presence. Ministry fell all over the house. Multiple people made a decision for Christ this morning, and that's what church is about. And I know he's not done. He's got something he wants to do in our lives tonight. Oh, and a side note, we even found where Gary Turner fell in love. Exact spot. So, but we know he's got something special in store for us tonight. Cameron's bringing the word, and we know he's anointed. He's going to give us a word tonight. We're looking forward to what he's got in store for you and for me tonight. So let's get out in the aisles, shake hands, and welcome to each other church. Oh, 
continue our worship this evening as our ushers come forward. We prepare to give our offering tonight. God's been good. I know he's been good to me. He's never failed to provide for me, and I'm sure he's never failed to provide for you, and he never will. He keeps his word and fulfills his promise. Let's pray tonight. Lord, we thank you for just being there for us. Lord, we thank you for your covering, Lord, for you providing all our needs. Lord, we're so thankful that we have a place to come to, and Lord, we want to support this ministry here tonight through our giving. Lord, it's our heart's desire to see people come to you, Lord, and to see ministry happen in this place. Lord, so we stand up and we give tonight. We give to you because we love you. We give to you because we believe in you. We give to you because we want to see the lost saved. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. just couldn't take life anymore My problems had me bound Depression weighed me down God held me close So I wouldn't let go God's mercy kept me So I wouldn't let go Have you ever felt like that?
God kept me. If it weren't for the grace of God, I would be lost, I'm telling you right now. Because I didn't have inside of me what it took to be successful. But God kept me. He kept me. God kept He kept So I wouldn't let go When I thought I couldn't take it God kept He kept me God kept me Oh yeah So I wouldn't let go I want to sing it again. God kept me. He kept me. Oh, yeah, he kept me. God kept me. Oh, now, so I wouldn't let go. Oh, give him praise. so far from you, Lord, but still I hear you calling me, those simple things that I once knew, the memories are
Amen. Anybody remember that night when he came and saved you? Reached down into the miry clay, pulled your life out of the mess it was, and turned it into a message for his glory. Anybody remember that night? Anybody with me tonight? How about this? What if that night is tonight for somebody? What if that night is this very night where Jesus walks into the darkness of someone's heart with his marvelous light and turns it all around? This is the night for salvation. This is the day to be saved. This is the day to walk in God's love and grace and mercy. And Jesus is here to do just that, to save you, to touch you to anoint you, to set your feet upon a solid rock. There's some of us that have been saved a long time, and maybe we feel stuck, but the Lord wants to take you back to that day that he picked you up so that you could be restored with this word right here. He loves you the same today as he did that day. He's got a plan for you just as powerful, just as great, just as sure today as he did that day. That plan that he has for you is great and mighty. Clap your hands and worship the Lord. Can we thank him tonight for his grace and and mercy? Stand your feet with me if you would, and we're going to read some scripture tonight. I hope you're not disappointed. Pastor Ray, I'm disappointed. I didn't get to hear him tonight. He asked me to speak last week, and so I've been praying about that, and I'm thankful for the opportunity tonight, and I believe that Jesus is here. And I believe that he's the one that's going to speak and he's the one that's going to touch and every life will be impacted. I pray every time I get the opportunity to share that it is a holy opportunity. Amen. It's something where people's lives can be affected forever, for eternity. And there's a voice, I believe, that through coming to to service this whole day, we're going to hear that voice through this week when we go through some trials, some of us, and some difficulty, and we go through our work week or whatever it is we may go through. You're going to remember what God gave you on Sunday. You're going to remember, and it's going to encourage you. And we pray that this night tonight would would empower you. I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 9. And as you go there, I want to... um, concur with the pastor I've not been able to go to an encounter weekend but just as he spoke this morning I just feel a fresh wind of revival and fire I know that the the ladies this weekend I believe uh, we can still sign up powerful weekend provides an opportunity to get alone with God examine our relationship with the Savior it's a life-changing spiritually challenged to a deeper walk that women's encounters this weekend and I just believe with all of my heart that there are people that are here tonight that are not signed up that need to be that God has something planned for them something powerful and we need to get involved in that as you turn to Matthew chapter 9 I want you to turn to the person next to you and just shake their hand just go ahead and shake their hand That's very good. That's very good. All right, let's read Matthew chapter 9. We're also going to be going through Exodus 3 through 6. And as you go home tonight and through the week, these are things that God's put in my heart for the message. And you can read over those, Exodus chapter 3 through 6, just in your personal time. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 39, it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Note that when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He saw a harvest field there ready to be worked. He saw people that needed him. He saw people that were wandering and lonely And they needed a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, move to emotion. 
He said to his disciples, he had compassion in the Bible. He said this to them. The Bible says, the harvest is plentiful. Somebody help me right here. But the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Would you clap your hands right there if you could? I know you're holding your Bibles. Thank you, Jesus, for that. You can be seated tonight. I want to share with you for the next few moments as God enables us upon a four-letter word that for some it becomes a bad word. Some it might even be a curse word to them. I'm not real sure. I know depending on what day you'd catch any of us, it can become a, a wearisome word. It can become a difficult word, even a bad word, depending on what mood we're in. But I want to talk to you tonight about work. I want to talk to you tonight about work. And specifically tonight, what the Lord's put in my heart is to talk to God's people about His work. That blessed work, you know, that eternal work. It's not a temporary thing where we can store up uh, treasures that fade or, or moth can, can destroy it or, or, or enter in and try to take it away from us. It's that eternal work that's going to last forever and forever and forever because it is for his eternal kingdom. I do want to pause right here if I can because I'm the youth pastor and brag about some of the greatest teenagers I've ever met in my entire life. Sorry, just a quick commercial for the young people of our church. I want to tell you something about your young people and how proud you should be of them. It is a, a, a high honor. I'm so thankful to be able to be their youth pastor. I said that already, that they're some of the, the finest young people. You know, every week we get together and, and offer salvation. We, we preach salvation and preach Jesus Christ. There are kids that pray every single week to receive Jesus Christ. And I know... People can say, well, it doesn't mean much, they're young, or they can say it won't stick, or, or people can be scoffers of that if they want, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt every week, just the other week, we had four visitors that came for the very first time, and all four of them raised their hands to receive Christ. And let me tell you something. It's not the, the, the sleekness of the youth pastor that's doing that. We know it's the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's the work of these young people. Can I tell you, on Sunday morning, all through this building, there's only about 65 of them sitting up there because there's 30 of them that are working in this building on Sunday morning. They're serving in children's church. They're serving in nursery. They're serving in preschool. They're all over. You see them wearing green jackets and being ushers. That's not just for, for senior, senior men. That's for young men, and they're a part of that. And you see them. We got two young men. One of them sits over here at this door, and he opens the door because he just wants to be a blessing in God's house. You see him. As soon as somebody jumps up, he goes to the door and opens it. I just want to say I'm proud of your young people and our young people. They're a tremendous group of young people. And I believe when that building comes around and God completes that process that that's not going to be full of, of just good times and high times and social times. It's going to be full of workers for the kingdom of God. Young people that desire to see that place full so that lives are touched. Can we get back to the message now? I will. I'm sorry. I'm just proud. I'm just proud. I want to tell you something tonight. You are called to the work. I want to tell you something, you are called, you are called, I feel that in my spirit, you are called to the work. It's not a feeling, it's a calling. It's not just an emotional touch, it's a calling from God. It's not just something that Ray, Pastor Ray tells us, it's a calling from God. It's not just something that we hear about, it's a calling from God. You are called to work for the high cause of Jesus Christ 
God took hold of you for the work. You remember that day that, that Angie and the, the choir and Pastor Gary took us back to when he touched us and he saved us. I'm thankful for that salvation work. I'm thankful that he touched me and he pulled me out of the, the dark place I was in. But, you know, he pulled me out of that dark place and saved me because of his glorious love. But he also pulled me out of that place, out of his glorious love, to tell the world of his glorious love to work and dedicate my hands to that work and dedicate my thoughts to that work and dedicate my mouth and words to that work and my heart and this body to be devoted to that work of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ and the love of Jesus Christ. He did not take hold of me to just be a part of services on Sunday and to just pull up to the buffet and to just enjoy more and more of the Spirit of God and then not go out and do something. I'm telling somebody tonight that there is a calling that God wants to put on your life that's powerful, that's sure, that's his, and that's undeniable. You are called to the work. Can I tell you tonight that he can use anybody, but he wants to use you. He can use anybody, but he wants to use you. We know there was a man by the name of Saul that opposed the work of Jesus Christ. He violently even opposed the work of Christ. He caused chaos to disrupt the work of Christ. But one day he met the Christ he so persecuted. One day the light of Jesus Christ shined upon his heart and life. And God took hold of him and changed him. And that fire that he was trying to put out got all over him. And he went through that area preaching the good news. And we know even the ministry that God put upon him and the anointing we feel and sense and are blessed in the kingdom of God will continuously continuously be blessed by the, the greatness that God put in him through, through or Jesus Christ, the greatness of Jesus Christ in him. He can use anybody, but he wants to use you. I'm telling you one night when I was young, I tell people this all the time that that if, if you didn't know me then, then you wouldn't believe me. And that's good because all praise and honor to the Lord. But I was one that would slip in late to church and leave early because I was so anxious to speak to people. I was one that I would talk to somebody one-on-one, -on -one, but if another person came in, I would be so overwhelmed with anxiety that I would either stumble on my words and stutter, which I've done since I was a kid, or I would be so nervous that I would totally make a fool of myself. I still do that often, but I don't care because there's a cause greater than my, my uh, anxiety. But, but I want to tell you, one night I prayed, I was saved and touched by the Lord, gloriously saved and touched, and I was in my bedroom praying, and I just wanted to please God. I just wanted to be pleasing in His sight. I just wanted my life to be clean and my life to be in Him, and I prayed. There was many nights I would pray, and I would just get up and walk down the streets uh, where my dad lives, and I'd pray for the houses there, and I always just felt this burden when I would pray when I first got saved, and I never knew what it was. It was just almost a lump in my heart. I, I can't even explain it. It was just something that was heavy on me. And I remember I'd get up and I'd do all kinds of weird things. I'd, I'd go around my house praying. I'd go down the street at 3 o'clock in the morning just praying, just just wanting to, that burden, just trying to figure out what it was that God wanted me to do. And I remember when I got still enough 
for him to speak and I stopped trying to, to, to tell God what I was going to do and how I was going to do it, his Holy Spirit came over me and I surrendered that night and I felt the hands of God touch me and I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me and I promise you, my wife can tell you, I don't say this very often, I'm not one of those that throws that around, maybe it's my own fault, I don't hear the voice of the Lord necessarily like that all the time, but I heard it that night and he said, Cameron, I've called you to speak to all nations. And I'm telling you, as the Holy Spirit spoke that to my heart, I couldn't believe it. As the Holy Spirit spoke that to my heart, I was broken and I began to cry. And sure enough, we've all had those moments deep in the night where we felt like God was calling us to something. And we woke up and we wondered if we had bad pizza the night before. We doubted God. We doubted the call. We weren't sure if that was God speaking to us or not. But here I am, 15 years later, preaching at Stratford Heights Church of God and standing up in front of a group of godly people and people that God has put a call upon them to tell them that Jesus Christ I've never regretted one day of serving him I've never regretted one day of stepping out of my comfort zone and walking in the calling that God has for me you have been there you've been in that place where that blessed calling comes over you some of us We've been in that place where the Lord just breaks us open and the Holy Spirit does something so great and true and rich and genuine and deep in us and we walk out of that place and we're sure you've been there or maybe tonight you go there. Maybe tonight for the first time the Lord opens up your heart, redirects your life, redirects your thoughts, redirects your heart, redirects you, puts a calling upon your life so powerful that you won't regret it. So powerful to you that it's not a burden in the, in the, in the bad sense of burden. It's not a, a bad thing. You're willing to go wherever he takes you. You're willing to do whatever he desires of you. Maybe that night is tonight for you. I want to tell you tonight, God spoke to Moses through a burning bush. If you know that story, the, the bush was burning, but it wasn't consumed it got the attention of Moses as it would you when you see something that should be burning up and shriveling up. Instead, it was, just, it was just burning the bush. And Moses very easily could have seen that sign. He could have very easily seen that weird thing and walked the other direction. But the Bible says he took notice and went. And we know what the scripture says, that from within that bush, the Lord began to speak to him, set him apart and put a calling upon his life to do a work that's greater than him. It's a God work. It's a God call. And Moses, we know if you read your Bible, Moses said many times over and over and over and over again to the point where God became frustrated. The Bible even uses the word angry. He got angry because Moses continued to say, not me, not me, not me. I can't. I'm not equipped. I'm not ready, I can't, began to give every excuse he could come up with. Maybe you're like that, maybe you're not, and there's a halo over your head. <laughs> but tonight, tonight, I feel like God wants to affirm and say, yes, you, yes, you. He rose from there on fire, Moses did, just like many of us have that have been into that calling and have been under the power and burden of the calling ready. He was ready. He was on fire. He was ready to do what God had called him to do. But then that four-letter word came. 
Then that four-letter word that came along with the calling, and after the calling came that, that four-letter word that separates the accomplishment, that separates the fruit from the barren. It separates those that, that walk in, in completion of what God desires for them and those that never quite get there. It's that four-letter word, work. We know that when he rose from that place, he had a, a passion, or at least he was ready to go, but then work came. As great as it is, it is work, the calling of God. Let me tell you something. I want to share a couple of things about the work of Christ and I'm telling you, I'm not trying to talk you out of it. I, I pray by the end of it, we're also on fire. We're all ready to work and respond to the call. But I want to tell you something that's sure tonight. And it's okay to say this, that the call of Jesus Christ costs. There's a cost that comes with following the call of Jesus Christ. Did you know that when Moses was called and we hear the story and we sing about it and preach about it, this great sign that he saw and this response that he had, you thought that everything was easy and you think that it's just like a movie that we watched. But can I tell you that it cost Moses to respond to the call? Let me share with you, it became all that much more real to me over the last year and a half. In Exodus chapter 4 verse 20, it says, So Moses took his wife and sons... And he put them on a donkey and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God in his hand. I don't know about you, but if you think about that, we may think about it in movie terms. And we may think about how he probably just got up and they went on and rode off into the sunset. And something romantic happened that day. And, and it was glorious. But let me tell you, I've loaded my wife and two daughters uh, in, a, in, a, in an armada, I've loaded them in a truck and I've, I've hauled my stuff across country to come here, to come to this place and be a part of what God was doing. Can I tell you that that is not an easy thing to do? Can I tell you that my comfort zone was rocked? Can I tell you that my wife's comfort zone was turned upside down? Can I tell you that, that sometimes the, the cost of Jesus Christ and the cost of the call, can, it can require something of us. It can require something. And you, you imagine Moses, he didn't even have a car. He had a donkey. And he was hauling his people, his family, back to Egypt. You can imagine the difficulty that he went through. You can imagine the comfort. And you may say, well, he was miserable out there in the desert. He was working for his father-in-law. I have a great father-in-law. But that could not have been fun to be working for your father-in-law shepherding sheep. But I can tell you that he was there 40 years and there had to have been a level of comfort that he was in. I'm sure that in the tents that they lived in, there was a special chair that he sat in and he put his feet up in every night after work and shepherding those sheep. It was so comfortable to him, it probably was shape formed around his body. It was the very exact place. It was comfortable to him. His clothes were comfortable. The place where he was, it was comfortable to him. He could have rode off into retirement. He could have rode off and continued building his family. He could have rode off and continued going to the ball games. And he could have rode off and continued to doing all the things that he was doing with his sons. But instead a call came and he picked up his family and he responded to that, that call. It, it cost him something. It, it, he left comfort. And I just feel like today we can be okay with that. I feel like today we need to get free. We need to experience a breakthrough that that's okay to risk comfort. That's okay to leave comfort. That's okay to leave what we've known. It's okay to leave what we've had behind because what you were gaining is much greater than what you're losing. 
What you are headed towards for you is much greater than what you're leaving behind. What you're inheriting is much greater than anything you're walking away from. The call of God is without repentance and the call of God is also for me without regret. I've never regretted one moment of of bringing my family to here. I've been so thankful. We've had trials and tribulations, but we would have had trials and tribulations there. And I'm thankful that God called me. I'm thankful that God touched me. And I've never had one regret. I'm telling you tonight, somebody needs to know that leaving where you are and going to where God wants you to be is something you can be okay with. You don't have to worry about what's going to happen. God can take care of you. Can somebody tonight be okay with suffering? for Jesus Christ is that okay it costs but where we are going it pays so much better somebody clap your hands right there well I'm leaving a job or I'm leaving this and and I can't do that can I tell you where you're going it pays so much better I want to tell you it costs something and I also want to tell you that you will face challenges Hear this, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. It says, Dear friends, do not be surprised. I may have got that wrong. It may be 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Don't worry that there's a challenge that's come your way. Don't let that upset you. Don't let that rock you. I'm sorry I'm exhorting in there. I'm not quoting scripture, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Jesus Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. When his eternal kingdom comes, we'll be overjoyed. If you are insulted because of the name of Jesus Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God, but praise God that you bear that name we all know that that name is the name above every other name that at that name every knee shall bow and confess and confess that he's he is lord don't be surprised at challenges would have been great for moses i'm sure coming out of his jerusalem or not jerusalem coming out of his chair whatever it was i know it wasn't called an easy chair back then there probably wasn't a chair he probably sat on the ground on a pillow But I know for him to come out of that comfortable place, it would have been great to see it accomplished in a couple of weeks. It would have been great to stand on a mountain with that rod and just lift your hands. And after a couple of weeks, everything that God had called him to do was accomplished. And he could go right back to eating Cheetos and watching the Bengals win on Sunday. He could have went right back to that comfortable place that he was in. He could have went right back. He accomplished it. It's good. It it didn't cost too much. I'm right back in my comfort zone. I'm right back to the ball tournament. I'm right back to the soccer field, the baseball field. I'm right back to the lake. I'm right back to working on my car. I'm right back to doing what I want to do. I'm right back to going out late on Saturday night and sleeping in on Sunday morning. I'm right back to doing all the things that are costing me as time grows shorter and shorter I'm right back to being comfortable and right back in that stuck place but I want to tell you tonight that that when you weren't run into challenges when you run into challenges in the work it is not a denial of your calling 
It is only an opportunity for God to say, yes, you're called to the work, but never forget it's my work. But never forget that I'm the one that's going to bless you and strengthen you. When Moses showed up, it didn't go perfect. Somebody preach and help me right there. When he responded to what God said to him, you think that he would have walked into a, a... you think that he'd have walked into a message of a very positive person on television and nothing would have gone wrong for him, but instead it didn't go perfect. Matter of fact, everything went wrong. He went to the Pharaoh and did exactly what God told him to do. Word for word, he told the Pharaoh what he wanted. And, and instead of the Pharaoh saying, you know what, just absolutely You know what, praise God, just take them and do what you want to do. Instead, Pharaoh, when he left, got offended in some way. And he said, you know, those, those Hebrews, they're, they're annoying me. Or, or those, those people, there's so many of them and they're lazy. Take the straw from them and, and don't provide the straw anymore. Make them work even harder to find their own straw to make bricks. And we know if you read your Bible, the, the Bible says that, that more trouble was brought upon the people he was trying to deliver More trouble came. And this is Moses, the man of God, saying, Exodus chapter 5, verse 22, And Moses returned to the Lord and said, Why, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on his people, on this people. And you have not rescued your people at all. You can imagine this is pretty bold to talk to God like that. He went straight to God. And he said, then the Lord said to Moses, and this is what I think the Lord wants to say to somebody tonight. He said, now you will see. Now you will see, not you will hear. Or someone will talk about it. And you can believe in it. But no, he said, now you will see. You will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. A quick reminder, you're called to the work, but never forget that you have a boss. And he's the king of kings and lord of lords, the creator of all things. And you're never forsaken nor abandoned. You're never left alone in that work. It's his work. It's not your work. Get your grubby hands off of it and let God get his hands on it and do with it what he desires. Submit and surrender to that and know that it's the, the, the work of the harvest. I want to say this, the work of the harvest requires the Lord of the harvest. It's His. Chapter 6, the Bible says that, that all through chapter 6, God is speaking to Moses, ministering to him at times. I want to say that, that it's cost something and there's challenges and, and that this work, it requires the Lord of the harvest that we're in. It's not something that we can do on our own. It's not something that we can try to make happen. It's not our intellect. It's not our good looks. It's not our ability to wear the right clothes that's going to do anything and save anybody. As a matter of fact, if I can just say that at, at our church in, in, in Oklahoma City, we would always dress up on Sunday mornings, and that's a great thing, and I'm, I'm not against that I dress up. But I remember people were getting saved, gloriously saved in our altars. And I know it's the work of the Holy Spirit. But people began to get this idea. They would start showing up to church and they would show up in whatever they had. And they'd just come to God. They would just 
trust God. And they'd come to him with a sincere faith and they'd look around and everybody else was dressed nice. And somehow the message got misconstrued and I don't know who's to blame. I'm not blaming anybody in any way, shape or form. But somehow the, the clean heart that Jesus was after all of a sudden began to change with clean clothes. That began to be the fruit that people saw of Jesus Christ. We, we begin to see lives change and lives touch and, and they begin to change and they begin to dress up and they begin to dress nicer but their hearts were still stuck in their old sin and, and I remember one day I just shocked the whole church. I'm sorry I'm not going to do this because I'm not in that way or anything like that but I shocked the whole church one day on Sunday morning and showed up in jeans. I showed up in jeans and a t-shirt and, and, and people looked at me strange because I'm the youth pastor. One guy, a couple weeks later, he said, yeah, I was wondering what was going on with that. But you know what I did? I got right in the altar with those people that showed up, however they could come. They didn't have the things that we had. And I prayed with them, and I made sure that they know the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control. And you keep giving your heart over to the Lord, and He's going to touch you, and He's going to bless you. And I don't have anything against anybody that wears anything is what I'm trying to say. I just believe with all of my heart, I believe with all of my heart that God wants to touch. Chapter 6, God begins to speak to Moses, ministering to him at times, at times in discouragement. He did it and the Bible says that, that God spoke to him and told him exactly what to do. I mean, think about this. His God, the creator, the lover of his soul, the one that called him was speaking to him and giving him directions, instructions. And Moses faithfully, the Bible says that he was faithful in all the Lord's house, faithfully did what God told him to do, right? That should mean sure success. That should mean in, in the, in, in right then, I should say, that should mean that right then success should come. But we know that, that, that God works and we know that the enemy works. We know that ultimately God is going to win out and he does win out. But listen to this. Moses went to the Pharaoh and told him what God had said. And then he went to the people of Israel. And you'd think that they would be encouraged that their bondage was being questioned now. You'd think that their chains, so to speak, were, were being rattled. And the, the hope that they had been praying for, many of them, was coming their way. The very thing that they had been crying out to God, he had heard. And he had sent someone to bring them out and deliver them through his power, through God's power, I should say. You'd think that they'd be encouraged, but they were so discouraged. They were so down, they were so hopeless that they didn't even respond to the word of the Lord. He did it and they didn't respond immediately. But I want to tell you sometimes when we go through this calling and the Lord puts this work on us and we respond to it and it feels like it's not working, it feels like it's not happening, it feels like the very people that God is calling me to touch are turned off by me. They seem to not want to listen to me. They seem to not want to be around me. Can I tell you, it's in those seasons that we need to stay close. It's in those seasons that we need to remember the Lord of the harvest. 
It's in those seasons that we need to stay close enough to him that we can sense his touch. It's in those seasons where we may not understand, in those discouraging times where we may not know what God is doing in our homes and in our life and in our ministry, where we need to stay so close to the Lord that he can minister to us and he can speak to us and he can bring us through that season because we know that season is getting ready to change. That that season that God promised that was going to come shall come and we can trust him we can be obedient in the seasons where it doesn't seem to look like it's working for we walk by faith and not by sight we walk by what God says to us and we trust in him and it does not matter what we see but we've got to walk close to him in those seasons it's in those tough seasons those difficult seasons those discouraging seasons where we walk away It's in those discouraging seasons that the work gets half done and never finished. Because we get discouraged. We get tore up. We get hurt. Our feelings get hurt and we get offended. We feel like our calling maybe wasn't sure. And our calling maybe wasn't true. Our calling maybe wasn't real. But I want to tell you it's in that time that you need Jesus more than you've ever needed him. And that's a good thing. It's in that season that your faith grows deeper and the roots of your faith grow deeper than they've ever done before. It's in that season more than the other ones that you need to tell the scoffers and the doubters, you've come too late to tell me that Jesus won't come through. You've come too late to tell me that Jesus is not a part of what he's doing in my life. You've come too late to speak those doubts into my heart and life. You've come too late. He's already been good to me. It's in those seasons that many harvests and ministries are lost. It's in those seasons that there's a clamoring even. Moses very well could have lifted up from that place. He could have lifted up from Midian and, and working, working for Jethro. And he could have come and seemed so disappointing that he could have just settled into a normal job in Egypt. He could have went right back to what he was doing maybe I don't know if he could have, but what he was doing before, he could have went through that. It's in those seasons that there's a clamoring for your time. Amen. It's in those seasons where your calendar will get overwhelmed with senseless stuff. Your calendar gets overwhelmed with things that are really not that important. And it seems like you cannot get through. It seems like when you run and you're trying to run the race that Jesus has called you to run, but it feels like you're running in quicksand. It feels like you're running in mud. And it seems like you're sinking further and further. Busyness will grab a hold of you. Discouragement takes a hold of you. And it's really easy just to give up. It's really easy to submit to that pen that the enemy's trying to put in you in this wrestling match, but stay close. Stay close because this season is changing. This time is changing that God is going to come through like he's always come through. And you are not so special. You are not so special that God would give up on you and say, you know what? I've never failed, not one, but just for that one, I'm going to go ahead and fail. You are not that special. God has a record to keep. The Bible says for his name's sake, he'll raise you up to bring glory and honor to him. It's not me that I'm representing. It's Jesus Christ. And he's going to take me through to the finish line. He's going to complete this work. He's going to accomplish what he desires to accomplish through me. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise.
Jesus. I feel, I just feel the Holy Spirit for a second. I'm going to say this one more time. The work, the work of the harvest, it requires the Lord of the harvest. Some of us, maybe we're broken. Maybe some of us, we feel so put out even, out of breath from the blows the enemy has brought. Discouragement that seems like it's all over us. We'll stay close. I just feel his whisper. I tell the young people, I, I preach this a lot, I, I want to be close to the Lord. If it's a small, still voice, he speaks and I want to be close enough to him that I can hear it. I want to be close enough to God that when he moves, I want to feel it. I want to stay close. I want to remind you today that your life is not your own if you're in Christ. It belongs to the Lord. Moses went to him and said, this is my calling and you have failed me. You told me this and you didn't come through. And Jesus said, or the Lord said, now you will see. Now you will see. It's not your grandma that's going to tell you about it. It's not your sister that's going to speak of it. You yourself are going to see it. Stand your feet with me tonight. Oh, Jesus. I feel like saying in the Spirit, stay in the work. Stay in the work. It's not your own. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. Stay. 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 The Bible says this, what greater, or I want to say this, finally, Nicole, what greater reward is it than to do God's work? If there's a call from the Lord, then there's a reward, and I want His reward. He is my reward. He is our reward. Hebrews eleven twenty four 24 says this, By faith Moses, when he had grown up, when he had grown up, when he had grown up, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. We know that before the Lord called him to come back. But he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because, listen, he was looking ahead to his reward. His reward. It's easy to get heavy with temporal things. It's easy to get wrapped up and even drunk on temporal things in this world. But I'm not there. I realize that there is a call, a high call on all of our lives to be a part of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and I feel like, Pastor, you come. Come if you will. I feel like I want to ask this tonight. Who is ready for the work? Who desires the work? Who wants to be a part of the work? Who wants to do what God calls them to do, what they can do? I wonder tonight if it's not the night. It's not the night that Jesus gets a hold of you, touches you in a powerful way. Does that touch your heart tonight? Great message. A message, a solid message from the Word of God.
comes right in line with what God's doing in our church right now, getting us ready, preparing us for his coming and for the harvest that must come in. How many of you have unsaved loved ones? Let me, we never want to get away from asking about our unsaved loved ones. There's a work that must be done. And God has called us to that work. The awesome thing about it is, how many of you, none of you have the responsibility of saving anybody? My sister Debbie, my mama told her this years ago, she said, little girl, Savior is not in your job description. It's not our job, but it is our job to be workers in the field. To be used as vessels of honor that God can use. I think about while he was preaching, I kept feeling and sensing the presence of God, the power of God saying to us, it's my work. It's my work. It's exciting. It's dynamic. It's amazing. It's miraculous. God wants us to be a part of the miraculous work that he's doing in this earth. Ain't nothing little about it. I believe in a very huge, massive God, and he's called us to work in his field. Isn't that wonderful? I want you to come forward, if you would, into the altar. Would you just come? Just come and stand across the front. I thought I'd give you time to just seek the Lord, but I want you to come before we do anything else, and I want you to come into the altar together and pray. I want us to pray as a team. I want us to pray as workers together, as people that have been given a great mandate from the Lord. You heard the message this morning. I I was blown away by that message. God said, I've called you to move forward. I've called you to move forward. He was saying, I've sanctioned the work that I've called you to, and I'm calling you to get out and move forward. If we ever needed a green light, we got it. I'm telling you, the Lord has been doing great things, giving us tremendous opportunities to do ministry, to do for him in these last days. I love the fact that God, creator of the world, the universe, world headquarters, knows where we are and has called us to be a part. Isn't that wonderful? You're called. I love this message, Cameron. It touched my heart. I'm called. You're called. To do the work. He's calling us to the field. Calling us to be anointed. To be empowered. To go in miraculous ways to accomplish his work. I want you to turn around look at somebody and say, you're called. You're called. You're part of the work of the ministry. I want you, if you will, now to, I love what these guys are doing. I love you guys. You're so unified and together. I want you to get in groups of five and six and ten. I want you to find a circle of folks, and I want you to, that's a unity prayer. I want us to pray in unity tonight for one another, that God will empower us. Don't let nobody stand alone. Find somebody, look around, make sure somebody's in a circle with you. I want you to pray with one another. Begin to pray over one another right now. Would you do that? Find someone in the circle. Don't let them stand. Like I said, don't look around now. you got to be intentional. Don't let anybody stand by themselves. Hallelujah. Father, we pray for one another. We lift up your name and we thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to be a part of the kingdom work. 
We thank you, God, that you've anointed us, you've called us, you've empowered us by your Holy Spirit. We're engaged by the power of the Spirit. And we thank you, Lord. When we speak, we speak in the authority and the power of God. When we walk, Lord, wherever we go, we're anointed. Every step is ordered of the Lord. We thank you for this tonight, God. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We thank you, Jesus. Minister now to us as a body of Christ. Touch us together. Let your work be accomplished in and through us. Let this church be a flame of fire in this city and making a difference everywhere we go. Lord, we thank you for the opportunities you're giving us, the building that you've given to us, the building project that we're doing. We're thanking you, God, that you've given us the marching orders forward. Touch us tonight in the name of Jesus. Let us be worthy of the task you've called us to. Anoint us right now. Fill us fresh with your Holy Spirit. Lord, if someone needs baptized in the Holy Ghost, tonight let it take place right now. Holy Spirit, baptize them. Jesus, if they need healed tonight, heal them right now in that circle of prayer. In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord, we give you the honor and the praise for what's accomplished and done in the spirit realm tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, why don't you give the Lord praise? That's good. Why don't you lift up praise to the Lord? Comfort for pain. That's what I'll be willing to do. Sing it, whatever it takes. song used to say, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. How many are willing to say that tonight? If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Amen. Well, praise God tonight. Did you enjoy our the message from our youth pastor tonight? We love Cameron Jones, Whitney. We love Whitney. We love Blakely. We love Presley. I think God has given us a tremendous gift, has he not? Can you say amen? I know it all the time. I texted him this last week. I told him, I said, I just love working with you. I love you. I send him texts all the time, just telling him how much, how proud I am, how honored I am to be working with him. Let me tell you something. Don't ever wonder. Don't ever sit back and say, well, I wonder if that pastoral staff of ours, I wonder if they get along real well. We're great friends. We love each other. Even Gary. We love Gary. We love each other especially Gary. We love everybody. We work together. We have a wonderful time working together. You know, I was part of this church 30-some years ago when there wasn't such unity. There was some problems, and the church went through a very difficult and hurtful time. I'm telling you, you don't have no worries. We love each other like, like a honey loves bee. Like bee loves a honey. <laughs> wow. All right. God bless you tonight. Go this week in power. Go this week ready. We preach this morning. Occupy till he comes. We know the Lord is coming. I said we know the Lord is coming. Amen.
go in the power of the Spirit. Effect change wherever you go. You're a child of God. You're called to the work, and God wants to empower you. If you get on the elevator, you know that you are a vessel of God, and God wants to use you. Everywhere you go, the grocery market, at the workplace, God is there and wants to use you. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Go have a great week. The church is leaving the building. God bless you.